I'm sorry. I was just watching the Phillies. Um, <laughs> Whoopsie. Again. And can you? I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> How was your show this past weekend? Dude, it was pretty good. Uh, definitely the most upscale place I've ever played. Uh, I had, you know, the vest on, the white collar buttoned down, so looking pretty spiffy. Uh, you know, doing my thing. I had, you know, the the demographic, it was a bunch of wedding parties, obviously. Uh, and then just some, you know, I guess some regulars just there to kind of just hang out and, you know, enjoy the good weather that was on this past Saturday. Uh, you know, me doing my live looping stuff. I was doing one of my songs that, you know, I always play when you're at there uh, in your eyes. But when I was getting the whole thing set up and, you know, the song built out, I saw this couple uh, across the uh, other side of the uh, bar area and they were kind of, you know, they were definitely paying attention to what I was building up and they looked like they were kind of like, oh, what's the song? Is he, What's this song is he playing? It's, it's almost like you're like, I know what, it sounds like a familiar song that I know, but I'm not sure. And then once I hit the first, you know, lyric to it, love, they were like, ah, yeah. And they both did like a high five. <laughs> so they kind of got the song and then i uh, i think within the first five seconds i had like a break in in the lyric where i can you know ask them like so i'm like oh did you guys get the song <laughs> i don't think they knew i was talking to them but uh it was cool to kind of see that they were that engaged to be able to know okay what's the song is he playing and then and then they were able to guess it so like ah yes good i'm like all right cool so at least you know i'm grabbing people's attention yeah, I think that's um, incredibly, it's resonating with me because it's like, as an artist, I'm like, how do you build a story? How fast do you want it to be? 10 seconds yeah. or 10 minutes, 10 hours. Uh, Harry Potter and the insert the blank. It's like, the fact that you were able to get people to stop what they were doing and say, wait, is this that? engaging the audience? So important, right? Yeah. Let's start this intro. Oh. Everybody, welcome to one set. My name is Anthony Irvin. What's up, everybody? How we doing? This is my co-host, Jim Green. This has been a, uh, a year in the making. It's, it's, it's really been 23 years in the making. Uh, who, who wants to tell it? You or me? I don't know. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another brand new episode of One Set. I am Anthony Irvin, aka Magic. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Jim Green, aka Green Monster. How are you doing, brother? Brother, I am doing more than fantastic. Um, I gotta say, whew, what a week, what a weekend. Mm. I know you usually ask um how I'm doing after you do the intro. Uh, but I will say 
given that it was Father's Day, I want to hear about your weekend, especially Sunday. Um, and also, just from the bottom of my heart, wish you the, again the happiest of Father's Days. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a good day. Uh, you know, got some cool drawings from little guy. Got uh, <laughs> this is definitely a definition of a dad uh, gift. I got a, a brand new cooler. So, so I've been wanting to try to get like a cooler for my fishing trips and stuff. So uh, me and the wife kind of uh, picked out something for myself because she was going to surprise me with a bigger uh, Yeti cooler. But uh, she's like, you know, I I didn't know these things were like three, four hundred dollars. I'm like, I would never spend that much on a cooler. But I mean, yeah, you the, get what you the, pay for. The Yeti brands are because they're top of the line it's yeah. like you're you're not dropping less than four or five hundred dollars for even something small it's right insane. so we were online and she was seeing stuff that was like oh well this yeti cooler is 80 percent off and you can get it for like under a hundred dollars and she was about to buy it but i'm like oh hold on one minute one minute i uh, you might want to check it because it might be a scam None behold, it was a scam. So I'm like, all right, thank God, because hey, hey, a hundred dollars isn't much, but still, when you're seeing something for like eighty percent off of a four hundred dollar cooler, you're like, mm, what's the what's the catch here? So I was okay with not getting a Yeti cooler. So you know, we just got something off of Amazon, which was pretty much, uh, you know, it was like one of the igloo uh, coolers. It was big enough. I didn't need anything top of the line, just something you can, you know, throw a couple beers in there. You can throw your uh, food and, you know, so it's definitely going to serve the purpose. And I think we're going to, you know, try to get out and do some surf fishing in the next couple of weeks. So I'm stoked. I'll probably bring in, you know, we'll have some food in there. We'll have some beers. It can <laughs> on the uh, side, it says you can fit 137 cans in there. So I'm like, it's good enough. <laughs> I mean, if it's just you and your brother, probably, but if, you know, if me and your dad are involved. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, like, I am so proud and grateful that you guys invited me to that trip last year. Like, the four of us on the pier. I know I talked about this on it was a good time maybe 15 20 episodes ago I got to see your dad just step out of his like sniff zone where he's like <laughs> I, I gotta be the man and he just he wasn't like reckless by any means but he definitely carried himself like now I'm mm -hmm. having a straight up good time he was Oh yeah, moving up and down to the pier to the point where I watch him, I was like, "This is a good day, friend." He's like, uh, he around. he loves just, just being out there, awesome. and, and the fact that he doesn't care if he catches one or like fifty fish, he just loves being out there, dude. And I think that, and I hope that you feel the same way with me, where like when I'm on the water with you, I can stand there in my waders for hours on end and just be like. Like, I don't yeah. care. 
I'm like, you're trying to educate me because like you're ambitious. You want me to catch a fish. And at the same time, yeah. I'm like, if I catch one, great. If not, like, I'm just grateful to be out here. Number one for myself selfishly. And number two, no, absolutely. You, and I know how therapeutic that it is for you to go yeah. fishing. And you're like, and I will thank you forever for introducing me to that. Uh, because I mean, I'm not at the point yet where I will grab myself and be like, I'm going fishing today. Like I would rather do it with someone. Um, Once you get that first one, that's when you're going to be like, okay, I want to go back tomorrow and get another one. I think that once you get your first one, like your first legit catch, that's when you're going to be like, okay, I want to do this tomorrow. Okay. I want to go do this again. It just becomes a addicted type of thing it's so great and like you were talking about how the fact that it's just so like it's like a zen thing for me outside of music it's just such like a zen type of you know feeling for me just to be out there and again it's good when i'm catching things but even when i'm having off days when i'm not just being out there and you know kind (laughs) of i guess you can say the corny thing is being one with nature it's cool but uh you know yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge too, like you're talking about your Zen with music versus your Zen with fishing. The thing with music is, especially when you're playing a show, there is an expectation of quality. If you're yeah. going and fishing, it's like you could throw your line to the next state over and nobody's going to give two shitsy. Right. So I think for the fact that you're talking about Zen, it's like you're doing this for you and nobody's telling you how to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get good at it, you're studying, you're analyzing, you're building your own flies, your fly box is a thing, your Mm -hmm. gear that you carry with you is because it's not because oh, I want to look like I don't want to have the appearance that I know what I'm doing. Like, you're actively passionate about it. Right. That's important uh, to acknowledge because it's not you're doing this because other people are looking at you a certain way. You're like, no, I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I can expand on that forever. Yeah, and I can do a uh, like a slight expand on that. Just the fact that like when when I'm invested in something, like I put my all into it, and you know it's like the fact that okay, when it comes to like gear and buying this and buying that, like I uh, I guess sometimes you can kind of think like oh well, you know if you're a fly fisherman, you got to buy this, that you got to buy this and that and this and that to like look like a fly fisherman, but you can be a minimalist and still you know catch a zillion fish so the gear and stuff doesn't necessarily what always catches everything it's more of your presentation and the fact that you're constantly out there and just learning you know that that's the thing with just uh being able to constantly be out there learning and knowing certain techniques and ways of being able to like read water knowing the best parts of the day 
how the fish are reacting, so many different things of like, you know, you can be looking at, but every time you're out there, you you're always learning something different. Yeah. I mean, and it's the same thing with music too, that every set is different. You know, you, I can play the same set twice and I'll have different responses each time because you're never going to play for this unless you are playing. Well, even, even then you might play the same venue all the time, but you might get uh, a different audience. Uh, you might, so say you play the same venue uh, once a week for a month, you might get uh, the same audience maybe once or twice, but you're going to get a, a load of different people every time. So you can't always play the same set every time you're you can play play maybe a 20 percent of the same set but you're going to always have something else different in each set because you're going to want to be able to play to the crowd play to what's you know feeling that day so and again it comes to like you know the gear isn't always what makes you uh the better musician it's you know how you play how you perform like i've told you before when you uh, I picked up your first guitar. I mean, a beginner, they can buy, they can go out and buy the most expensive guitar, but if they don't know how to play, <laughs> you, you're not going to make that guitar sound good. You know, and it's the same thing with me. I even know how to, you know, I mean, I play, I play good enough, but if I go out and, you know, get a, a really expensive guitar, it doesn't, that's not necessarily always going to make you play better. It'll inspire you to play better. But it it's not a thing that's going to be like, okay, well, I got to get that guitar to to get to the next level. It's more of like yeah. your repetition and your practice that makes you a better guitar player and a better at something of what you're going to be doing. And that is such a valid statement because for me, I wanted to get like a top of the line, like something really good because in my in my head mentally i was like if i invest and i fork over the money to get like such a great guitar it's going to enforce or encourage me to learn and i was like yeah but what if i don't stick with it so a good friend of mine was like just shop on like facebook marketplace find mm-hmm. something less than a hundred dollars she sent me something for 75 and i went i bought it 75 dollars and it's still in the basement at my parents and i and you know because you were trying to train me and you know that i like had the neck thing that happened so mm-hmm. i can't tilt this way <laughs> um and i like beyond that thing lost motivation to do that so i'm glad i didn't spend six exactly yeah to two thousand dollars i'm like if i'm ever ready and motivated and inspired to be like oh god i want to learn how to play i'd rather pick up that 75 guitar 75 dollar guitar my apologies uh-huh. um uh-huh. um and learn from there because that's where I started learning and that's where Anthony started teaching me all the chords and Anthony can vouch. I was like actively like 
learning I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it for a couple weeks, which if you ever want to be an expert at anything, say John Taffer, for example, if you know the show Bar Rescue, he's a hospitality expert. He didn't just look at bars that were failing and say, yeah, I can make you better immediately uh, without knowing what he was doing. They built an entire program and show off of him. And we're like, we're doing this and we want you to be the guy and we want you to yell at people. And that's what he does. He literally yells at them and to the point where they're like, Oh my God, I'm worth nothing. And then it's mm. like, you revamp your bar, let me shake your hand, give you a hug, and be like, I believed in you all along. And it's such like, whoopsie, to the point that I've watched so many episodes. Um, thank you. You knew, you knew <laughs> what I was saying. Um, <laughs> but it's a com- Helling show because it revitalizes where they were. And they they've been doing this for years. Right. For the pandemic, up to the pandemic, through the pandemic, and then he was trying to help navigate through the pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those reminders like energy investment your commitment your dedication is everything if you think you want to do a thing think about it but if you want to do it you should do it consistency is key consistency is and key. i think you are a great example of it the fact that you were sticking with it for a good while and you were starting to see you know the improvement with the unfortunate thing with uh with your uh what happened with your neck but um you know your consistency was starting to show that you know you were starting to get you know it it was everything was starting to click you know so with anything consistency is definitely something to you know with anything in life like uh just being consistent and like I've said before on the podcast, I think this is something that I've been the most consistent with, with just being able to have us upload every Friday and be able to put out content every week. And we haven't missed a week since the start of the year. So this is the most consistent I've been with a project. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's showing, you know, we're, we're getting more people watching and we're, you know, starting to see numbers come in. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have signed on to this with you one without your prior experience with table talk and mm-hmm. also, um, you know, being consistent is really, really important. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think spoken life itself, that is something that you have built on your own and made your own brand and more like, I want it to be here. I want it to be here. I want it to be here. 
and I want it to be here. And your validation moments. I know we talked about this mm -hmm. uh, a few episodes ago, but you called me on my way home from Royersford and were like, I had a validation moment and it was so amazing. And that is so important to your growth, your confidence. Yes. So important. Com confidence definitely was like, it, it was a big confidence booster. Just the fact that it was, it was just one of those things that, uh, for us as entertainers, you and me, you know, being able to have people react to what we do and have people comment on what we do to validate us on us being able to continue what we're doing. Cause we've both had times where we're like, what, what the fuck am I doing? You know, am I doing, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I, you know, Am I, is it worth continuing this? I'm getting older. Is this, you know, something I want to continue doing? But then you have that one moment of somebody just saying, dude, that was awesome. Like, either I haven't seen somebody do that before or like, hey, man, that was really good. And like, it just takes you back. And you're like, even if you've had a Whoopsie. day, you're just like, that's what I needed to hear, you know? So that, that's uh, something that uh, I still go through every day. And, you know, when I get those, it kind of just continues to ground me to be like, okay, you know, I mean, I may not be the biggest, you know, uh, musician or star around here or within, I may not have a, a wide audience of people, but at least I have validations of people telling me that like, you know, I am good. I do deserve to be out there with people, other people and other musicians playing gigs and stuff, you know, so that it continues to let me know I'm worth being out there with those guys, you know, and girls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally the last seven days, the last week and for our audience tuning in, whether it be current after the fact um, I appreciate you for tuning in from an artist perspective. I know like what Anthony just said and how I feel. Um, sometimes it's like, trust yourself, run with your gut, go. Mm -hmm. move. And sometimes it's very much like, I don't feel like this is the quality that whoever I'm setting the choreography on deserves and I feel like and and that's literally where I was this past weekend um where I had creative block I was like what do I do I'm not sure I'm stuck um I mean we can talk about WWE uh without getting into the scandal with Vince mm -hmm. um, we can talk about the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns thing that's mm -hmm. happening. And like, for me, I'm, I'm bored about it. Like it was exciting where it landed and it just feels like they're doing it because they need Brock Lesnar right now. Yeah. And that, Cause the, the rumor was, and it's kind of seems like, I mean, I haven't been watching it consistently enough to kind of know, but the rumor has it that, 
the original plan for SummerSlam was going to be Roman and Randy Orton. But since Randy yep. Orton has a back problem, then they're kind of just going with the Brock Lesnar thing again. You know, they both put on a good show, but it's like we've seen this so many times and it's like the same story the same thing like it's not like they it's not that they don't put on a good match they they can put on a good match but it's like we've seen this so many times that it's like you know even with like rock and austin you know they've had so many battles but it's like you never once said like i've seen this too many times because when you did see it it meant something you know yeah i think um Think back to when you and I were in middle school and high school and they let the belts flip around a mm-hmm. little bit more fluently. I think that their mindset now is like if we maintain someone, it's more interesting because whenever the belt is lost, whoever picks up the belt now, it attracts the audience again to the point where it's like oh dang someone did this right and it's like okay if Cody Rhodes was the guy to beat Roman Reigns cool if this is all supposed to lead up to The Rock versus Roman I'm like that type of a build requires a larger investment they have done it before they've done it from one mania to the next world it's like i'm seeing you next year at wrestlemania man Mm -hmm. and they drag it out and and they drag it out and it's like for me like they're doing a john cena theory thing at SummerSlam, and i'm like I don't even care about that because it's like Theory's going to win. Cool. It it just Mm -hmm. there's nothing in wrestling that is making me feel like excited is the word. Yeah. Because as an audience member, it's like I tuned it on last night for the first time and I watched all three hours. I was like, okay, I know where this is going. Not that it's super predictable, but I was like, okay. But I just sat here. And I was like, mm-hmm. right. you can kind of see where things are going. I mean, you, you don't know exactly, but you can kind of see where, you know, the storylines are going where, you know, and again, everybody's always saying like well you you I mean that was the attitude area the the attitude area is not going to come back this is the, another era so i mean yeah two different eras and two different timestamps obviously attitude era stuff would never go uh and get any clearance in this day and age but the fact that i mean you can still use some of the tools on like writing uh you know storylines and stuff you know you can argue the fact that uh, they're not getting enough consistent uh, wrestlers to step up, but then you can also say who's been, you know, breaking out that wants to step up into the spotlight. Nobody, you know, you can Nobody. try to make a star. You can try to make a star, but 
you know, for that part, for that wrestler, they have to do most of the work. You can put them in the spotlight, but if they're not doing good in that spotlight, there's not much they can do about that. Yeah. And I think that's half the reason why, because, you know, they've tried to push a lot of guys and yeah, I mean, maybe sometimes it's been bad booking, but some of the other times it could have just been like, they just, there's not much of a draw because they don't, they're not, the fans aren't believing in them, you know? Who? Or they don't make, they, they don't make themselves believable in a way. Okay. Like try to rack your brain for two seconds and think about who do you think was their best draw in the last five years that you think that WWE just like failed. I think I know where you're going, and I think I have. I think you'll know who I say. Go ahead. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And it's 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 not like the thing about him is he wasn't athletic. He wasn't about like in the ring. He was built to look like this, whatever. Mm -hmm. He built compelling television. Yeah. Those first three episodes of that funhouse was probably the greatest promos, if not ever, of this era. Because it made you want to come back. Easily. Easily. It made you want to come back every week to be like, what more does this dude have to say? And then when he first revealed the fiend. Yeah. I mean, realistically. Because I think we didn't expect uh, that part of it. When When we first saw Bray Wyatt, he was just in this regular, you know, sweater get up thing and i'm like okay i mean we'll we'll see but obviously there has to be something different about him he's just not going to be a mr rogers dude but then when he started you know getting that like you know schizophrenic type of thing to him i'm like all right that's where he's gonna start he's gonna he's gonna have something with this in this but then when he brought up the fiend that's when i think everybody started turning the light on like okay this is great but then i think once I started seeing maybe two more episodes after that, I'm like, they're going to screw this up. I don't know when, I don't know how, but they're going to screw this up. Cause this is the greatest thing that's happened in wrestling in the last couple of years, but I know this is going to get screwed up somehow. And it did. <laughs> so the, the layout, the planning, the introduction of the fiend in, I think, episode four, maybe not five. Yeah. For the fiend to debut and lose to a disqualification because Seth was just like, bam, I'm smashing a hammer on this chair covered. Yeah. I'm pretty bent that the fiend got the big win. I remember exactly where I was. I was watching it at my studio and messaging you and being like, oh my God, the fiend won. 
the universal belt from Seth uh-huh. in Saudi Arabia. And I was mad because he got the win not at home, not in front of people that cared. And I'm not saying the Saudi crowd doesn't care. I'm just saying the the company was built here. Mm-hmm. In, in and not even country. that. I just think it was like, I, I think he won it too soon. I mean, he, he was already going up the ladder. So they probably just felt, okay, let's just zoom him and take him up the mountain. But I think, I think it would have been better for him to just climb up, you know, run through the roster and just like take out everybody in the roster. Then you get to the top and then be like, okay, this is what I've been doing to everybody else behind me. So, you know, it's like, but his stardom was already going to put him in the top. Understand. Yeah, I, but I, I think, I think they, they could have uh, waited maybe a couple more months to put him in a title picture. I think it was too soon to put I, him in a title picture. I think they fast tracked him to that main event spot to make him a big deal too soon. They, well, they pulled the trigger on him where it was like, no, I can't. Did you hear any of that or no? No. Anyway, my phone is doing really fun things. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. Um, I think they tried to they tried to do the Sting thing, but fast forward, where mm-hmm. they made Sting relevant, but like soft. Like our podcast. So like every time we have an idea about like we want to elevate the cast and adjust the graphics and this and the other, or we have ideas for the intro, mm-hmm. the midsection, or let's do a segment. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about our top five this Saturday or the other. Um, it's like did you get bored after you watched Goldberg win a hundred times in a row? <laughs> or did you tune in to see if he will lose eventually? And he didn't lose ever. And our friend Matt from Norway, he was like, uh, he's the worst wrestler ever. And I'm like, do you like him or Brock Lesnar better? And he's like, that's not a fair question. Sting forever. And I'm like, okay, well, do you like Sting or Triple H? And he's like, Megazord. And I'm like, That's <laughs> not. Okay, cut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so like we were saying, um, it's like, where is your mind? tuned in because I will talk forever about the Harry Potter movies and say they're not amazing or the best but the storytelling to get you to the ending I will say Vince McMahon has done that with the projects that he cared about and right now with and whenever there's injuries it's just kind of like I don't care. I'm just going to throw Brock Lesnar back into the picture. People yep. are going to be like, oh my God. 
And I literally was just like, when am I tuning back into wrestling again? Because right now, I'm like, football's done. Congrats to the Warriors, Steve Curry. You mean basketball, not football, are, but yeah, we got you. <laughs> soccer in some countries. Yeah, no. Football. Basketball. <laughs> football. The NBA. <laughs> Steph Curry is, like Bill Burr said, you get him past half court, he's just like, sorry. Nah, he's going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going to make it. He he's definitely a he he's definitely worthy of the finals MVP. Warriors did what they had to do. Great finals. Uh congratulations to the Golden State Warriors once again. Absolutely. And as much as I've been going back and forth with the Phillies, listen, Linda. I feel like a lot of us, Anthony, talk to me about that time where you had a first marking period where you were either crashed or doing well, and then it flipped the second market period. And third market period was just like, you're doing okay, but you're losing. You're doing okay, but you're losing. And then you're like, oh, God, the fourth market period is going to dictate the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I've had one or two instances of that like throughout the year. Like... I think I had it more in college where it was like, you know, oh, this class is definitely going to be a tough one. Like you start kind of getting a little bit into it, but then you you fail a test and you have to climb back up from that uh, test to get back up into, uh, you know, at least a passing grade. And then you kind of ride that tail end until the end of the year. And you're like, okay, this one test is going to determine whether I pass or fail this. And then you take the test and you're like, I think I did good, but I'm not sure if I passed or failed. And then you're just playing the waiting game of whether you passed or failed. And then, you know, I, I've passed and I'm like, all right, thank God. Or at least you get to the point where like, I need a 75 to pass or like, I need an 85 to pass or something. And you're like, I just need the minimal amount of numbers to pass. Just give me that. <laughs> and there's been i think there's might have been one time I, I don't think i've ever well i have failed a class before one or two classes before but i don't think i've ever had where i'm like oh well i needed like a an 80 to pass and you got like a 79 you're like oh my god one point you can't give me one point i've known people that were like that i'm like come on you really can't give them one point or something <laughs> yeah hashtag school problems. i think yeah i mean <laughs> Thank you for your input, because I will give you my school input, but I can also relate it to um, just approaching life in general, because it's like, yeah. today was like a very, I woke up and I was like, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything planned. I was off from work. So I was like, man. My sister, my older sister, texted me and was like, um, I, I'm in a little bit of a dilemma because, like, my next event that I'm supposed to perform at is scheduled for this. And then 
after that it's this and it's like why do we have to run in the conflicts and it's like you know mm-hmm. we have to run in those those days where it's like we don't have a thing planned and one nothing happens and i'm coming back to that or two you have a day plan and then you have to adjust you got to move around or you're like, I got to do this, 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 this. But the, your priority things kick in. And it's like, oh, no, my, my son's dry heaving over here. So uh, picking up uh, Chipotle needs to wait for another day, Anthony. That would be you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was just very, um, I told him i told my cousin today because she was like it's the summer solstice or the trollstice it's the longest day of the year and i was like yeah but how many other days of the year are we out here like God, this, this day is running so long i just can't wait for it to end and mm-hmm. boom and it's maybe just that should like, be the episode name of this of this episode summer trollstice summer trollstice <laughs> for sure I mean, for me, it was like about the covers and it was about, you know, my past weekend where it was like I went from my plan was I had a recital. So that was I was going to the recital, but it was supposed to be two recitals in the same day. But I was going to miss my niece's birthday. So I only did the one recital and then I went to my niece's birthday and then my older sister had a performance. It was the first of any of her type of performances. And I wanted to be present for it to show support. And also, you know, it's entertainment. I wanted to digest like, hey, what here is selling? What makes this good? Because she was like, yeah, I'm getting paid for this. I was like, well, if you're getting paid for this, Mm -hmm. it must be good. So why is it good and what makes it good so i was doing the analytical thing right and then i had mm-hmm. father's day sunday my mom's birthday sunday and i had rehearsal sunday so i was like okay well outside of my own personal struggles that i was dealing with i was trying to be my mom's son be there for my dad go to work you know, and then get out of work and be like, yeah, hey, today was not like, oh, because of this day and this day and this day it was off. I think it's important to acknowledge like when holidays are supposed to be days off, but you are busy or yeah, have to work the holidays. And it's like, it's not easy compared to days where you have off and you're like, I wish I was doing something more. I wish I was more effective. I wish I had more purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Th- th- these are just things that I've been thinking for the past like three weeks. Yeah. I, I, I think you and I are kind of similar when it comes to those type of things. We tend to get in our head a lot. And sometimes we need certain things or someone or something to just bring us back down and ground us that we're like okay the things that we were thinking uh weren't as bad as what we were thinking at all in the first place but you know it 
sometimes it can be good to kind of, you know, be in your head to be like, okay, you're juggling this, you're juggling that. Then you have to kind of figure out to do, you know, kind of just organize your, your things. But then sometimes your brain can get you away from what's important, you know? And I I think that's kind of where we both kind of lie in that spectrum. Sometimes we can, our brains can get us, you know, really out far sometimes and we just need to kind of be dragged back in in excuse me dragged back in to kind of you know be like okay calm down you're you're, everything's okay you know it's not as bad as what you think yeah and i want to say thank you uh for being open to all of that because uh you know, I could just be doing this podcast and be like, oh, we're talking about this, that, and the other, and this, that, and the other. I think it's important for our fans that maybe previously or after the fact down the line tune in and they're like, oh, these guys are just very real. With Yeah. You know, if things aren't wonderful, like they're not just hiding, covering up. And I think that's important going forward because there is a um, there is an expectation for people to just be like, no, we're strong, we're going forward, we're this, we're that, and I'm not saying hey, we're out here being a bunch of weaklings, but like I'm also acknowledging my moment of weakness and. Uh, oh yeah i thank i thank you for like being open to that um let's talk about your covers real quick if you're okay with that um yeah man we were talking about um earlier before we started that we wanted to go over our top five favorite covers now they don't have to be like the top five but like for me these are you know four or five that kind of come to mind when I'm thinking cover songs and do you want to go, you know, I'll name one, you name one, or do you want to just name off all mine and then you name all yours? Well, I, I think because this was my idea, um, I have my list presented and well thought out and I know that there's variety behind it. So it's really up to you. I think for time's sake, maybe we'll you go through your covers. I'll go through mine because I think if we go back and forth, it's going to take way too long. So since your idea, I'll give you the floor, my friend. Uh, What are your five? Okay, Um, so I'm not going to go in super depth about these, Mm -hmm. uh, but um, it's really hard. Being a dancer and Michael Jackson was one of my initial inspirations um, for me to say uh, the weekend's version of Dirty Diana, which mm. is Corey DD, um, yeah. off of one of his earlier albums. And I, I I think there's something about like the accents that hit and um jeez. That one is a good cover, solo, by the way. One of my soloists that I work with, um, he and I were just talking yesterday about 
because his piece is very much like got a lot of words and then there's a lot of breakdown Got a lot of words there's a lot of breakdown and i also have another project right now where it's like you gotta match the lyric and then you just gotta match the rhythm of the beat and it's 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 when i hear that song i feel like the balance is so perfect I mean, there's things that I want to say. I don't know it. I'm just going to say it. Um, I feel like, like as I envision dancers doing mm-hmm. this, and this is probably because when I saw this piece done or performed <clears throat> by an all-female cast, and it was very sexual, I was like, okay, Cool, because when I hear this song, it feels that way, but I could never present it in that light. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, number four, um, I think it's Britain's Got Talent, is Callum Scott's Dancing on My Own. Um, he seems super humble, and... I have watched it so many times over. I'm pretty sure it's Britain's Got Talent. He's, he's European. Um, it's just really, really, really good. Hmm. Um, All Along the Watchtower by Dave Matthews Band. Okay. You've mentioned it's, that a lot. I have talked about that more, like, at least once on this here. If you haven't heard it, you should go do it. Um, Begin is the most modern cover. Uh, it's by Mainskin. Um, and you know the song "Gong Dong Dong Boom Boom Dong 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 Boom Boom." I think so. Yeah. Boom Gong Gong. It's it's very popular. It's very mainstream. It's a thing. Um so good and actually that band is a cover band from europe um, hmm. interesting super good super good and my last one is something in the way which is the uh theme for the new batman movie um yeah which I, I know i've said to you and i'm like dude it's so powerful it's so strong and yeah, it is. I'm happy that all of those five right now are like very different. I don't think any one of them are the same. So, and uh, what do you think? For my five, uh, again, a lot of different type of genre, but. Um, my first one is Turn the Page by Metallica, who uh, did the cover for Billy Joel's song, Turn the Page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the and I think that was on the Garage Inc. album that they did for Turn the Page. Uh, and they did a whole bunch of different covers. It was I think it was a whole album of like covers of their influences and stuff. Uh, but Turn the Page was definitely... Uh, one song that you know 
they put their Metallica spin on it on like something that was very mellow, you know? So the, the, the guitar solo, the energy they brought into that song. I mean, again, I, I heard it from Metallica. I didn't know it was a Billy Joel song until a couple years later. So that was definitely something uh, when I was in my first band, uh, we used to play turn the page and we used to play the Metallica version of that and always loved playing that song. Uh, second, uh, I had to throw in a Jimi Hendrix one, uh, like a Rolling Stone. I could name again, I could name all on the watchtower. I could name like, Hey Joe and stuff like that. Like all a lot of the, uh, earlier songs that he used to cover again. I didn't know. Hey Joe was actually, uh, not his song. He actually covered that song. And but when he did the live version of Like a Rolling Stone, which is a um, Bob Dylan song, he just, you know, did things with that song that, again, nobody at that time was doing. And just, you know, he even missed a verse and still just played it off like, oh, yeah, it's just don't worry. I know I missed the verse. He even says it in the live version. Don't worry. I know I missed the verse, but he still keeps on going. It, it was just a magical, uh, you know, rendition of that song. Uh, number three, uh, the cover of Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, uh, A Day to Remember covered it. Uh, when I was getting into a lot more heavier music at the time, I was introduced to Dana Remember and they did the Kelly Clarkson song and they had a mixture of like uh post hardcore metalcore music mixed with pop punk. So they took a very heavy pop star song and put it into like a heavy metal song and I'm like wow and that ha- wasn't done a lot in that time. So when they broke out into that song I was like wow that's awesome and they you know they made it heavy grungy and they start off like very mellow with it and then they just broke into like a very metal type sound with it and awesome cover uh this is an instrumental cover but by another band called august burns red they did an instrumental cover because usually every year they'll come out in in during christmas they'll make a christmas album of a couple instrumental songs of christmas songs the one that everybody probably usually always remembers is Carol of the Bells. And that is just, you know, if you haven't listened to just the energy in that song, you know, I'll flip that on during the holidays and, you know, that's just something that'll get you hyped up. <laughs> I don't so have a... F- the, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra version, right? It yeah. is my... It is my go-to track for December. Yes. When I yeah. When I teach hip hop classes. I'm like, we're gonna crush. Dude, I saw them live. I want to see yeah. them so bad again. Yeah. I loved that whole thing, seeing it live. So glad that I bought tickets. I definitely want to go to it again. So hopefully, in the next year or two, I'll be able to go back. I, I would definitely spend the money to go back to it because we we were like maybe 11 rows off of the floor and just can see the full stage. It was amazing. Entertainment, guitar work, instrumental work, everything, everything. It was just amazing show, but we'll talk about that maybe on another episode, but uh, 
I I was going through my cover songs. I wasn't having a fifth one, but I just remembered there was a fifth one. And I'll say this is probably a very important cover song. I I think it was a cover song. I during Nirvana's unplugged concert, their very last uh their very last song, and I'm trying to remember uh what that is. If you give me a sec, I know we gotta wrap up, but Nirvana unplugged set list. See if I can pull that up real quick. It was There are so okay. many where, where did you where did you like, where did you sleep last night? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure if that was a cover. I'll have to see. Uh but again, the emotion in that song, where did you sleep last night? The last like 10 seconds of it when he belts out that last vocal line, you know, it, it again, a lot of people think like he knew something within that moment that, you know, something was going to happen to him. And it was just a, like one of those things like out of body, out of mind type of thing. But like the emotion poured out into that song is something that like, and I wasn't never really the biggest Nirvana fan, but just watching that, whole uh unplugged concert was definitely uh one of the probably one of the uh greatest concerts in in you know rock and roll history so i'll make that my fifth uh potential cover if it's not a cover but i'll I'll make it a (laughs) i'll make an honorable mention if so but yeah and i mean we mentioned um earlier we wanted to do a top five favorite covers and then as i started going through this i was like maybe this is like a top five of the week it's a segment that we do because there's just so many covers yeah Um, even jason derulo alone has so many covers um i I can't even and anything that you want to top off on before we wrap this up uh i'm good on my front i i just want to thank everybody that you know came out to the show all the regulars everybody that was kind of there at the show i had a fun time hope to be back there i don't have any shows until august i'll i'll kind of give some more information as that gets closer i'll be getting another local gig i'm working on some other gigs and i'll plug those once i get any confirmations uh but other than that i mean uh Thank you guys for tuning in with us. Another one. Uh, buddy, is there anything you want to say before we head out? All the love to our one set fan. Love y'all and love you. Anth. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Love, love you, you guys. Bro.